You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live events. Enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout and you will receive a discount of up to $100. Now the 2019 season is essentially over for the New York Mets. There is no longer a chance that they can make the playoffs as the Brewers won on Wednesday night. Going to talk about a big blowout victory that the Mets had over the Marlins anyway in the first half of the podcast. Also want to get into Jacob deGrom and finishing off what appears to be a second straight Cy Young season. We'll talk about some of the stats that come with that. Then in the second half, I want to do a little bit on Pete Alonso as he hit his 51st home run of the season. But mostly, I want to kind of put a bow on this season because while the Mets do not make the playoffs, I still think there's some positives to take from it. So I want to kind of talk about all those things. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. I just finished writing up a piece on Jacob deGrom's last start, so that should be live at some point on Thursday. You can go check it out again at MetsmerizedOnline.com. Now, in this start, deGrom was as good as you can expect. He pitched seven innings, allowed just two hits, walked one, struck out seven, um, picked up his 11th win of the season. Early on in the game, he had the first inning where he actually threw 21 pitches, but from that point on, he never had an inning where he threw more than 14. In the second inning, DeGrom induced an inning-ending double play, but it was really Ahmed Rosario that did all the work with just a spectacular diving stop in the hole. He then turned just a beautiful double play, flipping it to Robinson Cano, who grabbed it with his bare hand, fired it to first base in one motion, beat Austin Dean by a couple of steps. Just a great play. Ahmed Rosario's defense has been one of the um, you know biggest dichotomies of the season. You talk about the first half, and it was bad. We were talking about Rosario moving out to center field. Could he actually play shortstop and not be big black hole in the middle of your defense. And by the end of the season, he started to look like an above average shortstop. So whether he falls somewhere in the middle, that would be fine. But I think that a Rosario can play shortstop moving forward. Of course, there's a lot to get into over the offseason. At some point, I'm going to do report card grades of every player. That's going to be one of the first things I do in the offseason. So I'll talk about Rosario at length at some point in the coming weeks. Now, the Mets completely just got out to a big start offensively. In the first inning, Brandon Nimmo drew a walk, and he was then driven in by Jeff McNeil, who doubled. McNeil ended up having his season end a little bit early tonight as he got hit by a pitch and fractured his wrist. So, I mean, that shouldn't affect next year, but it's unfortunate for him that he has to 
go through an injury now. I'm sure it's going to be rough for him. Going to have to stay off the links playing golf for who knows a month or so, however long it'll take for that thing to heal. But regardless, absolutely great season out of Jeff McNeil as well. Now you move on later in that inning. Michael Conforto doubled home McNeil. Wilson Ramos got a sacrifice fly as Conforto had advanced to third on a throwing error on his double. And the Mets were up 3-0 in the first inning. In the second inning, you had Todd Frazier get a base hit. Rosario struck out. Jacob DeGrom got a hit. Brandon Nimmo drew a walk with the bases loaded. McNeil got a sacrifice fly. And then Pete Alonso hit a three-run homer, his 51st of the season, to put the Mets up 7-0. Again, I'm going to talk about Alonso a little bit more in this second half. Now the Mets added two more runs in the third inning. Robinson Cano doubled his 28th of the season to lead things off. Frazier struck out. Then Rosario had his 30th double of the season to drive in Cano. Brandon Nimmo doubled home Rosario. And the Mets were up 9-0. And they cruised to the victory. Drew Gagno did allow three runs in the ninth inning. But whatever. The Mets had already put up 10 up to that point. And that basically marked the ball game. The Mets picking up their 83rd win of the season. Now real quick, I want to go through all these numbers that Jacob DeGrom put up. Because he just finished off what should be his second straight Cy Young season. 11th pitcher in baseball history to ever accomplish that feat. He also finishes his year with a 23 inning scoreless streak. Three straight outings of pitching 7 innings of scoreless ball. He had 8 straight starts going 7 innings. Pitched at least 7 innings in 12 of his last 13 starts. I think 13 of his last 15 as well. Ended up doing that 19 times this season, which is the best mark in all of baseball. Here's a crazy stat. Over his last two seasons, DeGrom's ERA is 2.05. The Elias Sports Bureau notes that since 1969, there's only been three pitchers ever who have posted a sub 2.10 ERA over a two-season span while making at least 60 starts. One of them is another Met, Doc Gooden. 1984 and 1985, he had a 2.00 ERA. Greg Maddox had a 2.01 ERA in 1993 and 1994. And Clayton Kershaw has actually done that twice with a 1.80 ERA from 2013 2014 and a 1.96 ERA from 2014 to 2015. That is insane. So it's three short years of doing it. But DeGrom is the only National League pitcher that has reached 200 innings in each of the last three seasons. His whip is the best in the league at 0.97. He has 25 starts where he's allowed two runs or fewer this year. Leads the league in strikeouts with 255. He joins Tom Seaver and Doc Gooden as the only Mets who have ever fanned 250 or more batters in two straight seasons. And since May 22nd, he has a 189 ERA in 23 starts. So, Cy Young worthy, absolutely. After the game, DeGrom was talking about his accomplishments. What I think was nice to see is that while reporters were trying to put the focus on him, He kept on bringing it back to the team, talking about the mixed emotions of potentially winning a second Cy Young, but juxtaposing that with the fact that the Mets season was over as far as being in contention to go to the postseason. So I really think he's a great leader for this team moving forward. He is 
worth every single penny the Mets are paying him. He is definitely going to be a cornerstone of this franchise moving forward. And I think that with that as your ace, regardless of any questions in the front office or all that other stuff that we can get into, you got to feel good about your franchise having that guy take the mound every fifth day. Now again, when we get back, I'm going to talk about Pete Alonso a little bit and then I want to kind of put a bow on this season. But first, Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. And for every pair that is purchased, a pair is donated. Go to bombas.com slash lock to get 20% off your first purchase. I know it feels like the season is over, but the Mets have definitely earned your support. And there's only four more games where you can go to City Field and watch them play before a long winter. And Vivid Seats is there to get you in on the action. Whether you're catching a game, a concert, or a show, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via their Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience as well as their in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. Here's how simple this is. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are then automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credit on all of their purchases as made part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable alternative to Viagra and Cialis with the same FDA-approved active ingredients so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and since they're chewable, they were up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no more waiting line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew repairs and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, I've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for supporting this podcast. All right, Mets fans, let's talk real quick about Pete Alonzo. Tonight, as I said, he hit his 51st home run of the season. That puts him one away from tying Aaron Judge's mark of 52 home runs set back in 2017. Of course, two away from breaking the record. He has four games to do it. By hitting his home run at City Field tonight, he has set a Mets record with 25 home runs hit at home in a season. He also tied a franchise record with 21 home runs coming after the All-Star break. This was his 13th game with at least three RBIs. That's the second most in a season in club history. Carlos Beltran had 14 games like that in 2008. This was also his 33rd multi-RBI game. Mike Piazza is the only one who has more games like that in a season. Piazza had 35 in 1999 and 2000. And he has 118 RBIs on the season 
which is the fourth most in a single season in franchise history. He is six off from tying the record. He also has the third most of all time by an NL rookie. Albert Pujols had 130, and he is just one away from Wally Berger, who had 119. So honestly, Pete Alonso has been a revelation. I can say, without a doubt, best rookie season in franchise history. Probably top three to top five offensive season in franchise history. So just crazy. And I think as we're talking about this season as a whole, I've done the whole Tower of Terror thing, right? It's been what I'm talking about the last two or three weeks. The up and down nature, how this season has had crazy spikes, crazy drops. And yes, as I said, the Tower of Terror always finishes at the bottom. The Mets did not make the playoffs. But at the same time, I am usually more optimistic than I am pessimistic, right? I look at this season and I say some groups failed, other groups did not. The bullpen failed this year. Might be the main reason they aren't in the playoffs. The front office failed. Their goal was for this team to win a championship. Brody Van Wagen steps up on a soapbox and says, come and get us in the offseason. And then a few months into the season, he's saying they came, they got us. Overall disappointment up and down when it comes to what the front office did. The farm system is in shambles, and we're going to talk about that throughout the offseason. Trades were made that shouldn't have been made. There was signings that look really bad going back. So, Brody Van Wagenen did not do a great job, but his predecessor did. Sandy Alderson left him with a core of young players that blossom into something that can really be a positive for this franchise moving forward. You came into 2019 expecting to rely on Robinson Cano, Jed Lowry, veteran after veteran, Wilson Ramos, all of these older guys that were supposed to come together and make this team work. What you leave this season with is a J.D. Davis, the one crowning achievement of Brody Van Wagenen, a really good position player. He's got to learn how to play defense, but he can hit. You talk about Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. Coming into the season, these two guys... We thought they were going to be good. We thought they were going to be contributors. We did not think they would be all-stars, and they were. That's a credit to Alderson for drafting those guys, bringing them into the organization. Michael Conforto had his best year of his career, the one stable piece that we knew was going to be there all year long, and he was. He delivered. Brandon Nimmo dealt with injuries, but at the end, he showed that he can still be a positive starting outfielder for this team. That's two more first-round draft picks by Sandy Alderson. You had Dominic Smith and Ahmed Rosario completely change the narrative of their careers, especially Rosario turning into a real, maybe, two-way player at the end who can be an absolute threat offensively, which was not a guarantee coming into the season. Dominic Smith, his career was almost over. He proved that he is going to be an above-average Major League hitter And honestly, he's probably the Mets' best trade ship going into this offseason because he's blocked at first base by Pete Alonso. But that's two more top prospects brought in by Sandy Alderson. You look at the starting rotation. Up and down as they were, they all flashed brilliance at certain points. All of them brought in by Alderson, Zach Wheeler and Noah Syndergaard via trades, Steven Matz and DeGrom through the draft, 
And the only bullpen piece that worked this year was Seth Lugo. He was brought in by the Alderson regime. So when I look at this whole season, I give a big tip of the cap to Sandy Alderson, the guy that we've all forgotten about, who's moved on. He's with the athletics now. He built this organization the right way. And he had some bad luck in his last couple of years. He didn't do a great job putting bullpens together, but clearly that's really hard to do. A lot of things didn't go his way. But when you look up now at what this organization has moving forward, it is the remnants of Sandy Alderson that gives this team a potential bright future. And I think as much as we want to talk about the negatives of this season, and I see people saying it's an abject failure, complete disappointment, 2019 was as bad as it can be because they didn't make the playoffs, I say, look, this team doesn't get winning seasons often. If you look back at the franchise history, there's not winning seasons up and down. So to condemn a winning season is unfair. To condemn the amount of progress that some of these players have made this year is just not looking with enough foresight. There is a lot of good things that came out of 2019. Sure, it might not be the current front office that made those things possible, but because they are there, 2020 could be a great season. And now we have the rest of the offseason to talk about how the Mets go from a team that's hovering around 500 and able to maybe be above that and sneak into a wild card to a team that can actually contend with the Atlanta Braves in the National League East and maybe even go for the third World Series in franchise history. As always, thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.